What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Mondays Down South. Back at you after a, dare I say, a wild, wild card weekend. Um, don't have Zach on the line today, just Cy and I, but we're going to be chopping it up, talking about the games, getting you ready for next week. Um, certainly a ton to talk about after uh, a crazy weekend of football. So how we doing, brother? I appreciate you making the dad joke to start the episode because I think we're making up for Zach already. His, uh, his good corny dad jokes will be missed. However, we'll hold the fort down. I'm doing well, man. Just got back from the Bay. Got to watch an amazing San Francisco blowout. I call it amazing because I was there while Devo Samuel was popping off uh, and getting to watch all these SF fans going nuts. So that was a nice uh, nice start to the weekend. Um, so I'm doing well, man. How about you? How's, how's the New York life going? Chilling, man. Yeah. yeah. Chill weekend. Just watch the games. It's about, you know. That's about I it. See your, I see for? your Instagram activity going up quite a bit recently. I saw a little, little <laughs> photo dump to our MDS subscribers. Feel free to check out his personal account. My, my I appreciate that. Pictures. It's, it's on it. the 2023, 2023 goals. That I, there was like three three photos I had at the bank I needed to put up there. So I just kind of snuck them in there very sneakily. Mm. So, you know, but, mm. uh, I appreciate everyone's, uh, <laughs> everyone's support. See, we stand a man that doesn't care about likes, you know, because obviously if, if people are going for likes, I hear the optimal strategy is to post a lot at once. I know nothing about this. I'd, I'd be posting once every couple months with like no affinity for that, but it is hilarious to see Evan just be like, nah, screw that. I'm, I'm just dumping everything I got all at once. I, I had to beef up the page because I only had like two or three and I was like, when people go to my page, I need it. Like you need like at least nine. Right. So even yeah, so, like they could see a full thing. So I was like, all right, I just need to get these up. So we're good now for uh, for another, hopefully not another year. I'm here for it, man. <laughs> I'm here for it. Now when people go to our MDS page, they're not going to be confused when they go to your Evan's personal profile and be like, who is this random guy? So Just a stranger. A little more information on Evan there for people that want it. So I just wanted to give you a plug real quick, Ev. Um, I think that's a good, good way to jump into it. I brought up SF, so maybe we should start with that anyway. Shout out Mr. Irrelevant, Mr. Brock Purdy going off. I think it was like 340 yards and three touchdowns. Debo Samuel, Christian McCaffrey popped off. I don't know that there's a ton to say about that game other than other than we got the result we expected to see, I think. I think me, you, and Zach were all very much in favor of San Francisco winning that game by a decent margin. Honestly, they won it by more than I thought, though, and I'm extremely impressed with uh, with the San Francisco team, and I'm feeling better about having picked them in my uh, Super Bowl as my playoff prediction. So that's that's really all I got. Shout out, shout out SF. It was really fun watching it with the fans. Yeah, it must have been a cool experience. But, yeah, kind of the game we expected. I mean, uh, San Francisco was down at half, um, which was interesting. So Seattle actually played well. The, the thing about the Niners is, like, a lot of their final scores get lopsided. Because, like, when you fall behind against them, man, and, like, Bosa and those guys start rushing the passer, like, it's really, really hard. And you start turning it over, giving them short fields, and it just gets ugly. So, like, they have some massive winning margins over this winning streak. And this is just another where... I mean, it was close until what, you know, the third quarter or something like that. And then 
Um, then we got the game we expected, but you know, yeah, not too much to say on that one. They look every bit the part. Brock was amazing. That play to Ayuk that he dropped, I was so Dude, mad about. I was like, I know, but I, I, that's like sick play. That's like a Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers level play. I'm not, I'm not comparing Purdy to them, but that was definitely a that kind of caliber play where he eluded so many, so many, like so much pressure with so many unique moves, and then he put it right in his hands. That, that's frustrating. You could see Ayuk feeling like he let him down, though, but. Uh, that's a that's a good team though. They had each other's back. Yeah, yeah. You know, that I was think that's all I got. Yeah, I got I got to give a special shout out to Debo. I I still cannot believe when I was recording. I just thought I would get the fans, and I, I kid you guys not. Like for anyone that saw my Instagram, I was just recording because I wanted to get the fans' reactions to a play, and then he pops off a seventy yard touchdown. My Gamecock. I was like, that literally was insane, bro. It didn't compute in my head. Like I saw the Instagram, and I was like, oh, that's cool. Like you know, getting your boy on. The t-. And then I, but I like it didn't compute to me that the only way for you to have gotten that was to have started before the play and before, before the knowing. play. <laughs> that was that's wild. <laughs> it was. I got so lucky. I got so lucky. That was that's great. That's awesome. Um, that's all I got with that one, like you said. I, honestly, that's not the most exciting one anyway because it just felt very clear. But the next one, that'll be plenty exciting, and I think it'll make up for plenty of that game. Uh, special shout-out to Trevor Lawrence throwing four interceptions in the first half, and then the Chargers managing to lose that game with the Jaguars coming back at home, Duval winning the game. I I. Still don't understand how that happened. I'm absolutely shocked. Twenty-seven nothing to a Jaguars victory. What do you got, E? That's that's got to be one of the craziest playoff games I've ever seen. Yeah, tale of two halves. I mean, like in the first half, the Chargers defense was flying around. Like I was talking about, like you know how Zach last week said the Chargers are going to beat the Chiefs, and I was like, like watching that first half, man. Like they, I mean, it looked like they could have. I mean, like. You know, the offense didn't have to do a whole lot just because they had short fields the whole time. But, like, whew, that defense was absolutely flying around. You know, the Jaguars looked overwhelmed by the moment. And, um, you know, I figured it would be too deep of a hole, obviously, to go into half. Because a lot of times the young teams, they get that – they get shell-shocked at first. They go into halftime. They can regroup. And then they can kind of play a normal kind of second half and start to come back. But I was like, 27 points, no shot. Um, and Zach, obviously, you know, we had a bet on for that one. Zach naturally is like – Good pick, boys. Two for two um, at, like, halftime or third quarter or something. I think it was even third quarter. We're like, dude, what are you doing? The, the Jacks dude, are coming back. But, and Zach's then... jinx is so impressive because he doubled down, essentially. Like, he said the Chargers were going to beat the Chiefs, so he already jinxed them by looking that far ahead. And then he proceeded to double jinx them with that prediction, which I guess isn't surprising because for whatever reason, when Zach says something, it, it turns into absolute parody. So... That was uh, that was quite the result. I I can't get over it though. I've like I thought about it like a hundred times, and I'm like, how do you lose that game? Like, how do you lose that game? And I'm getting a little frustrated with people blaming the defense because that is not the defense's fault. Obviously, you got to play better in the second half. I don't dispute that. But if you're going to cause four interceptions, what was it, five turnovers total in the first half? That's on the offense, bro. You got to hold on to your lead. Like, what with the final score? What did they score? Like three points in the second half total? Like. That is embarrassing. Um, um, it's basically the opposite of what San Francisco did because you look at uh, Shanahan, who's kind of been in that circumstance in the Super Bowl. He blows a huge lead, and he realizes he's never going to let his foot off the throttle. And I was even joking with my buddy Alvin. Shout out to shout out to him for being a great host in SF. That you know, it, it just feels like teams that get down in the or go up big in the playoffs. The one thing they don't know how to do is like 
when you have a big lead, like how do you hold on to that? Or how do you put the pressure onto that lead? And that's, we saw it here again. And I just, I'm still like, I don't have words. I'm shell shocked. It is wild. And you start to look at the box score and think about like, how does, how does that even happen? Cause they didn't turn the ball over at all either. Like you think if you're going to blow a big lead like that, it's going to take a couple turnovers, but like, it's wild. Like you look at the box score, Eckler only 2.7 yards a carry. That's a big one. So obviously they weren't able to run the ball and keep, you know, keep their offense on the field. And then Herbert 25 to 43. So tons of incompletions there. Probably a lot of, you know, thinking back, uh, you know, three and outs and quick, uh, you know, quick possessions to turn it back over. But, um, and then, yeah, the defense couldn't stop anyone. I mean, towards the end of that game, when it was, I think a 10 point game, Jaguars going for the score. I was like, I mean, like they're screwed here. Like <laughs> the momentum is just so strong with Jacksonville. I mean, Trevor was electric in the second half, obviously, but yeah, I mean, they fired the offensive coordinator, right? Um, after that, so, which makes sense. Like you just gotta be able to control the ball and, and control the clock there. Um, Brandon Staley is, whew, um, probably on the hot seat going into next year. I mean, but... Oh, man, I think... The, I'm actually glad you brought that up. I think Stalin's getting a little too much crap for this season. He got... Like, the number of guys that got injured this year and for the Chargers to still, you know, keep pace, win 10 games, get to the playoffs. Obviously, this game is a really bad one. However, I mean, the guy's had, like, one or two seasons to really show what he's done. And so far, I don't think the Jag- like the Chargers have been any sort of a disaster. I think they need a little bit better offensive play calling. However, I am hearing, for whatever reason... Um, Peyton's new like name come up for that team, but then he said he doesn't yeah. want the role. So I'm just real con- or uh, people are speculating that he doesn't want the role. So I'm real confused as to what's going on there. But all I know is I just want Justin Herbert to get somebody that can help him maximize his potential. Because even in a loss, like even if he didn't have a great game, every time I watch him play, I just think to myself like that's the future of the NFL right there. Like that's that's a guy that's gonna you know be a future Hall of Famer. He's terrific. So that was a real bummer to see him lose that one. I really wanted to see a uh, KC Chargers matchup in the next round, Herbert versus uh, Mahomes. But we'll, we'll, we're getting a different matchup, and that's fine. Yeah, just the two years in a row, right? Staley, he has the opportunity to win and go to the playoffs against uh, against Vegas. Couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then again this year, so that's kind of two strikes. And you know, you build a good team, but then you know, who cares if you screw up some coaching decisions? And um, not that there was anything egregious on his part in this one, but. Exactly. Um, you know, these types of things, uh, you know, combination of the play calling and the, Agreed. Uh, Agreed. the head coach, you know, someone's, someone needs to be blamed, but I guess we got to give Holden a shout out, right? He was chirping us a little bit for yeah, uh, shout out Holden. True. picking against him. I, I, you know, I sent it to him in the chat. I was like, that was a hard pick. That was a hard pick, you know, but, uh, yeah. and he, he likes to chirp us, but I, I was, we were critical of Christian Kirk. I'll give him that one. We were wrong there. Um, but like, I think after like week five, I was on the Jaguars bandwagon saying they were going to win that division. So I got to defend myself a little bit here. Yeah, but, no, I, I'll know, give you credit where credit I'll is due. I'll give you credit where credit is due. Holden, if you're, uh, when you watch this, I, I will make this a clip for this reason. Holden, when you watch this, I, w- I want to give Evan a little bit of credit because while Zach and I gave Evan a lot of crap for saying the Jaguars were going to win the division, um, and we thought, I'm, very dumbly we thought it was going to be my colts and obviously we're wrong about that and then we thought it'd be the titans and we're wrong about that it seems like uh your jags have proved us wrong time and time again so holden wow. i'll give you a special shout out as a long time subscriber and uh multiple time guest on the show we we appreciate you and i know they couldn't have done it without your scouting buddy so we love you for that love it yeah i can't give myself too much credit though because i was like five games late to the party right that's after they had beaten like some serious teams including the divisional teams so but mm-hmm. now great run keeps it going they got a chance at kansas city you know coming off be a crazy 
huge second half. We'll see what happens. But uh, anything else on that one? I guess we'll pivot to uh, Sunday. Nothing there. Nothing there. Dolphins at Bills. This was a shocking result, even though it ended with a Bills victory. But 34-31 is your final. The Dolphins had a more than legitimate chance to win this game. Josh Allen, you know, was kind of a nightmare in the second half, like fumbles for big plays. I think one pick maybe. Um, Skylar Thompson, you know, did his thing, but he did all right. It was mainly the Dolphins' defense, though, making huge plays and special teams um, that gave them a, a real shot here in the second half to win this game. Yeah, you know what's funny? I I don't mean to be rude or keep doubling down on what I've said like throughout the course of the season, but this wasn't as much of a shock to me as as maybe to others. Because you know, you know me, I've, I've been on this train since the get-go. I'm like, until the Bills can prove to me that in the playoffs they can make even more noise and get to a Super Bowl and win an AFC championship, I'm not going to be able to trust them. And it's not because I don't want to. Like This is the team I'm rooting for in the AFC, like right there with any of the others. I'd be super happy to see them go in a Super Bowl. But the thing is, time and time again, year in, year, year in and year out, like – it's nothing is like very decisive with them. And and I'm not really surprised because that's what I said at the beginning of the year. I don't know that like I felt very comfortable with their ability to hold a lead in big games. And we've seen multiple times this season them having close games, if not losing games to teams that they shouldn't it shouldn't be close. And this was another example of that. Um I mean, who's to say that if if the Dolphins had Tua, I don't know, man. I, I feel I feel pretty confident the Dolphins would have won that game. For Skylar Thompson to come in Give him a shout out for him to have the game he did. Um, still, like that game was way too close with them playing a third string quarterback. Uh, it's actually shot. Like I can't even say it's shocking. Is basically what I'm trying to say that the Bills that, that that was the case. But who knows? This might ignite the fire to be like we let this team hang on way too much and keep it way too close. And hopefully it'll get them to play up a little bit going forward. But I all I gotta say is this Dolphins team and Mike McDaniel's massive shout out to them this season. They've they dealt with so many injuries and so much this and that. And for them to go out and make the playoffs and still almost beat the bills who are one of the favorites. I think, I think they deserve a lot of credit for what they pulled off and they have a bright future ahead of them. In my opinion. Yeah. Excited to see what they can do with a full season. Hopefully to a healthy, if that you know ever happens again, hopefully um, with all these concussions he's had. But um, I think this is one of the themes of the weekend is that, uh, you know, the third divisional matchup of the year. You know, I don't care what the situation is because it's the second one. We'll talk about the other one later. But um, where you have backup quarterbacks, in this case, uh, eh, I guess a kind of a third-string quarterback, um, divisional matchup, one of the best teams in the NFL at home, and both of these games were really close. So um, it's really hard when you know a team so well. I don't care who's on the field um, with the way coaches can coach up these teams. But, yeah, but ultimately I think the, the story here is, you know, this does not look good if you're a Bills fan. Um, the kinds of the mistakes they made because they have a team rolling in there uh, next week that uh, does the, um, you know, complete opposite of make these types of mistakes, right? They, they're the ones that capitalize on these types of mistakes and they're the ones that make the, you know, the big plays. Um, so Josh just needs to play better, quite frankly. He gets he gets um, a big time kind of pass a lot of the, a lot of the time, I think, because everyone really likes him. And, you know, he kind of came out of nowhere to an extent, but like it's not just the turnovers, but it's, you know, the catastrophic turnovers that are um, have been a problem lately. So kind of a concerning one for the Bills for sure. I think uh, I think next week they'll still show out. It, it'll be a really good game in my opinion. I, this I don't know. I just get the feeling anytime a team that has that amount of talent when they have a game that's that close against a team that they should beat pretty handily. Like I usually see them uh, 
chirp it up. And I do I do give Sean McDermott credit in games like those to bounce back. It's just again, I until I see the Bills win an AFC championship, I just I can never fully trust them. And this is the train I've been on since the beginning of the year, and I've, since I for for years now actually. So um, anyway, we'll move on. Um, this one I think Ev is Ev is going to be. I'll, I'll let you go first, Evan. I'll let you go first. Although I do have I do have a segment I'd like to clip here for sure. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna jump in after you, but go ahead first. Yeah, I mean, I've been saying for the last, I think, two months, I was like, I don't care who the Vikings play in the first round. They're losing that game. When the Commanders had a shot at the playoffs, I was like, dude, give me the Vikings matchup in the first round. I just, you know, that team, when you look at the the, uh, point differential on the year, the close games, like, that's the kind of stuff that catches up to you in the playoffs. It did here. The Giants are white hot, though. Daniel Jones played the game of his life. Um, One of my takes this week is that we had two new quarterbacks emerge into the top ten quarterbacks in the NFL, Trevor Lawrence and Daniel Jones. Uh, I mean, Daniel Jones didn't manage this game. Daniel Jones, Jones won this game. He was, you know, amazing. It's a bad defense, sure, but the way he, like, Vanilla Vic, man, he was running that ball, uh, made huge plays. Um, Kirk Cousins actually played great as well. Um, and then on um, fourth and eight, game on the line, season on the line, he checked it under to TJ Hawkinson with a little pressure in his face, but, you know, it's, it's not a good look for Kirk there. Uh, the check down captain, but yeah, I, uh, you know, I think the big thing here is the giants played them two weeks ago. So they were really able to kind of coach up a few mistakes from a couple weeks ago. Um, make the adjustments, get a win. They were able to do really well on Justin Jefferson. Let me, what was his total line? Um, you know, it wasn't one of his bigger games, although Hawkinson eight, so seven for 47 for Dude, Jefferson. Hawkinson they shut Jefferson down. I mean, I whatever the Giants did, they deserve a ton of credit, and I'm pretty sure their defensive coordinator is getting a ton of head coaching, like opportunity or like a ton of interviews just based off that performance alone. It was something special. Um, I will say this teased me up perfectly, and I'm leaning in for this one because I got a. <laughs> right, it's actually comical to me because I'm starting to realize that the best free agent signing this year, I think, the perfect combination for this year. And hold, hold, hear me out till the end of this take. But correct me if I'm wrong. Kirk Cousins has a one-year contract right now, right? So at the end of the season, he's technically a free agent unless he gets a fran- franchise tag or uh, or gets extended. Is Am I correct in saying that? Do, do you know if that's the well, case? I don't. I can look it up, though. <coughs> Excuse me. Well, uh, I just coughed at Kirk Cousins. Mm-hmm. Um, while you continue to take, I will uh, get you right, an answer. Go ahead. So I just I want to take a second to acknowledge all the Commanders fans out there. I believe that Groundhog Day comes for the Commanders fans every year when Kirk Cousins is in the playoffs and he plays a game. Because every year when the Commanders, I'm not going to say every year, but most years when the Commanders haven't made the playoffs, all the Commanders fans sink into their chairs the same way that I did with my Colts this year. And we're all very quiet watching the playoffs. Then the moment Kirk Cousins steps foot on the field for the playoffs, all of y'all pop your heads out of your little holes, and it's Groundhog Day. Because all you want to do is root for that man to burn. Like, that's all they care about. And I'm pretty sure Kirk Cousins losing a game is more celebrated by Commanders fans than if they ever win the Super Bowl again. Like, it is actually comical. I can't get over it. The guy plays a great game this weekend. And don't get me wrong. I realize he's not a primetime guy. I know he's lost a lot of games. And, of course, he deserves a little bit of crap for his performances. But it's so funny because 
The guy plays an amazing game, and everyone finds a way to shit on him. Excuse my language, but it's really what happens, and I just can't get over it, man. It's it's been it's been making me laugh so much. So the point I wanted to make is, and Evan, I hope you can confirm that Kirk Cousins is a free agent after this. Is as have you uh, have you figured that out? Yeah, this contract situation is very confusing. He's officially an unrestricted free agent after next season, but it looks like there's maybe some kind of out. Uh, there's a lot of different colors in the Spo track. So, so all, all I want to say is, regardless, if Kirk Cousins hits free agency, I think his perfect destination is to go back to the Washington Commanders and create the funniest, most comical situation in NFL history. Because the funniest part is, I actually think he would do very well on that team. But the but the comedy and parody and the funny aspect of it all is that Commanders fans, since the moment. He left them and went went to the Vikings. He has become public enemy number one. I'm pretty sure y'all hate Kirk Cousins more than you've ever hated any cowboy in the history of the NFL. Like, this is – it's just perfect. It's so perfect. It gives me life every week to watch you guys root so vehemently against somebody else. I mean, I don't know what else to say. I just wanted to take a second to acknowledge the Groundhog Day aspect of Commanders fans with Kirk Cousins. Thank you for always keeping it joyful for the rest of us. I like that take. We do we do really rally around uh, rooting against Kirk Cousins, especially in prime time or big spots. But uh, so he, you definitely can't cut him this year, but I think next year um, he's got a thirty six million dollar cap hit this year mm-hmm. and a forty eight million dollar dead cap. So yikes! Um, he's just not, he just can't win you the big game. So he played he played a great game, managed and throw the ball downfield a whole lot game, um, and they lost to the Giants. So at home. So, well, you know, what does that say? But that's a good I mean, thing. I like that I mean, the one, the one other thing that I will say that might irk you a little bit is I was thinking about it, and I realized in the last five years, in the time that Kirk Cousins has been with the Vikings, he has done way more than any quarterback has for the commanders in, like, the last two decades. So that's the only other point well, that sure, I'll make but... when, when everyone rallies together around the Kirk Cousins. I'm still not saying he is one of the best. I'm just saying it's funny because sometimes I don't – I think we – don't acknowledge that he's an above-average quarterback as a result of so many people around us just wanting to trash him all the time. He's not prime time, but he's still he's still an above-average quarterback, and he did have a solid season in his defense. But well, but who had to do better? Who, who cares if you never have a chance at getting close to the Super Bowl with him, though? And I guess so. I guess the argument is: can we find a better long-term answer than Kirk Cousins before his contract runs up? I guess that's the argument, right? Of Good looking point. back, looking back on when we chose not to extend him, right? So what do we got? One more year. Uh, it's on Sam Howell now to be the long-term answer. Otherwise, shout maybe, out to the UNC boy. Maybe we should have. Uh, maybe we should have bit the bullet on that contract. But uh, um, mm-hmm. anything else on that game? I think honestly, good for the Giants, man. Good for the Giants. the Giants. Shout out Daniel Jones, like you said. I got to give him a lot of credit. Shout out Saquon Barkley, boy. Like that that man. I have been he I've great. been touting his like his horn the entire offseason, and I'm so excited to see him shining where it matters um, now, especially in the playoffs. I want him to you know eventually win win something there because he's an amazing man and amazing player. So glad glad he's fully back. What about Isaiah Hodgins too? Eight for one hundred five in a score. How about Crazy. that guy? Not Came that out I've of nowhere. Heard of him. I <laughs> have. He played it. Crazy. Played amazing. Darius Slayton also tried to blow that game. That drop, man. Dude, Darius Slayton is the gift that keeps on giving playing against him. Like, oh, my gosh. He, he played actually really well. He had a good game. But then he, oh, my God, that drop almost cost him the game. But The other thing you got to give him a lot of credit for is Jones 
admittedly is game managed for most of the year, but this game, for him to pop off the way that he did, it says as much about the Vikings defense not being great, but the flip side of that is he doesn't have a lot of weapons. I mean, it's like like Hodges came out of nowhere. Bar- Barkley's an amazing running back and can receive, but he does not have a lot of receivers to throw the football to, so we got to give him credit for that for sure. Yeah, I think they'll probably find a way to bring one in there. Um, but yeah, man, t- top 10 quarterback. That's my take. Probably That's just at number 10. Take, though, I don't think it is, though. I That's don't think it is. Bold take, man. I mean, I'm, there's the potential there, maybe, but that one game does not make him a top 10 quarterback because he's played well all because, year. No, no, no. He's had a solid season. He's been a terrific game manager. But how many quarterbacks have had terrific games against the Vikings this year? And yeah, I understand the Vikings, it's a playoffs. The Vikings are bad. The Vikings I understand it's bad. a playoffs, but their defense. I mean, my Colts, my boy Matty Ice, 40 year old Matty Ice in the first half. The first half, he had one of the greatest games of his seasoning. As you know, what I'm saying, like that's the joke. Like any anybody in the NFL could have a great game against the Vikings. Um, the thing is, usually they're going to put the points back up on you. So, but still, I don't want to take it away from Daniel Jones. He did win that game and he played great. So, we'll see what he does the rest of the playoffs. I think after this year, though, you'd be surprised if you did that exercise of like there really aren't that many really really good quarterbacks in the NFL right now. It's worth um, discussing. So um, maybe a, maybe a topic for another time. But uh, mm-hmm. I guess move on to Sunday night football. I mentioned this game a little bit earlier. Ravens Bengals, another game with uh, one of the best teams in the NFL, arguably at home facing a division opponent with a backup quarterback. Um, the Bills, I think that game was close, but it never really felt like the Dolphins were going to win, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. This game, the Ravens had it, man, at the one yard line. Chance to go up a touchdown pretty late in the game. Tyler Helmley tries to sneak it over the goal line. And it's knocked the other way for a 98-yard touchdown, man. The Ravens really had a shot here. Um, but the Bengals, they made the big play, and they held on to win by uh, by a touchdown. So I Yeah, I, I got to say, these divisional games, especially in that division, that division, I don't care how good or bad you are, there's something about that division where – it doesn't matter who's playing. I don't care if you're the quarterback, Evan. I don't care who's playing. There's always they always find a way to make it close, and they always find a way to make it boring. So you get, you get both components. It's 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 amazing. How, it's amazing how that happens every time. Um, I got to give credit where credit is due. Shout out to Tyler Huntley and the Ravens for a great season. Shout out to Lamar Jackson for not playing. Um, I don't know if you saw Lamar getting a lot of criticism from Vic and some other guys, and then RG three. I got to give a big shout out to RG three because he's you know he stepped out there and said, dude, like. Do you see what happened in my career for me forcing myself to play a game when I wasn't ready? Like, you know, this is – you got to give a lot of credit to, to – I know Lamar is an extreme competitor, and I know, you know, the Ravens would, loved, would have loved for him to play, but I'm glad Huntley went out there and gave it his all and, uh, you know, solid season for the Ravens. But regardless of all that, I think the Bengals obviously had a scary one, but Sam Hubbard, 98-yard tar- touchdown return, uh, Bengals right back in it, and I think next week this will be, again – the Bills and the Bengals are going to be so motivated going into next week's game after after what just happened in both. So it'll be really fun to watch. I'm not so sold on that Lamar take. I mean, obviously, if he still is truly hurt, like, you know, I'm not saying he should go out in there and play. But, like, they didn't even, like, bring him to the game. Like, that relationship is over, it looks like. I think he's well, gone next year. That seems I get bad the feeling there. he was definitely, like, from what I'm understanding, I don't think he was ready to go out there and be his full self. And you don't play unless you're at least, like, 70%, right? And and the other course, thing is, but... is like it's a playoff game. Like we've seen Lamar put his body on the line for less than that and I I just I firmly believe it's not like I know the guy, I don't know all the behind the organization stuff, but I firmly believe that even if he despised 
everything about the Ravens that the competitor in him would want to go out there to give himself a chance to win that game and you know make it to a division, make it to the next round and play for Super Bowl eventually. So I think he would have played if he could have. I think he did the right thing though. I'm not talking about him not playing though, but like he, they didn't even bring him to the game. Like even when you're not playing, you can be a huge asset on the sideline. Like even mm-hmm. someone like Carson Wentz, like all of our quarterbacks, like praise him on the sideline like helping him in between drives, like especially with a guy like Huntley that's so similar to Lamar, man. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, it's kind of a schemed up offense. But like, man, you kind of, I mean, if it, I'm, I'm assuming this was the Ravens being like, dude, just stay home. But like, mm-hmm. even when you're injured, man, you're an asset on that sideline, I pumping agree. up your guys, like breaking down the game, helping your, helping your guys. So something is wrong with it. The fact that he Lamar, wasn't there is an yeah. awful look. And I think they, those two are done with each other. I think he's going to move on. I don't know. Lamar where, to well, gain he, green? Think Lamar to gain. I I think they if assuming he's available, I think that's probably the one that makes the most sense. Um, mm-hmm. Someone started the Detroit rumor. Um, yeah, okay. Which uh, I I probably shouldn't mention <laughs> just job. after after getting shamed on uh, YouTube Shorts by everyone for suggesting that Aaron could go there. Um, everyone, I mean, like two people. But uh, uh, yeah, uh, it's gonna be interesting. I think he's gone though for sure. I don't know what they're going to do, though. It seems like they might pivot to a more traditional offense because I think it might fire Roman, too. Um, it's going to be re- That's going to be a really interesting storyline this offseason, though. And they're in an interesting spot, too, because they don't have a high draft pick because they did make the playoffs. And obviously, Harbaugh, we'll see if Harbaugh wants to stick around for a long time because this, is, this feels like a total rebuild kind of situation. Their defense is solid, but they have so much they need to do on the offense because if you don't have Lamar Jackson – then you don't have the – like, it's not like they ever had great receivers. Ed Mark Andrews was amazing, but you need a lot more than what they have if you're going to get, like, a more traditional quarterback. So, um, yeah, we'll see, though. We, who knows, dude? For all you know, we could say all this and then Lamar could get some $200 million, $300 million bag. I don't want to get out Yeah, of it. I think it's going to be interesting. My prediction would be Harbaugh is there. They fire the OC that, and Lamar is gone, and they bring in kind of a traditional quarterback – um, they added one receiver to go alongside Bateman, although uh, I forget what he got hurt with, but it, I want to say it was something pretty bad. So then you got Andrews there. Dobbins started looking good. Um, and, I th- and obviously the defense was amazing this year. So um, I think they could be in good shape. Um, but we'll see. But like you said, I like I just I feel like this relationship should be, you know, football-wise, it's perfect. I feel like they should keep running it back. I mean, to, to like trade an MVP-level quarterback to me is insane. Um, Crazy. Even his contract limiting, but we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. I guess uh, that leads us to uh, our last game of the week. Um, Cowboys smashed Tampa Bay. Wasn't even close. Um, Dak might have ended Tom Brady's career. Um, what are the odds that he's 7-0? What are the odds he's 7-0 goes Cowboys, and then he loses this one? Wild. Yeah, I... I mean, I thought it would be closer just because the Cowboys do Cowboys things. Like, everything that can go wrong will go wrong. And, and Brett Maher, you know, true to form, came up with one of the most ridiculous ways to, uh, you know, have a disaster evening. But, you know, Dak was incredible. Um, absolutely. Dak was absolutely lights out. Um, and honestly, like, I think I, I kind of said it a little bit last week. Like, the Bucks are terrible. Like... I was, you know, fading a closer game more so because I didn't trust the Cowboys to have a big performance. So I got that wrong. But the Bucks, man, were terrible all year. The Cowboys did what they probably should do to them and smashed them. Um, so, you know, in hindsight, it's not 
it shouldn't be that surprising given the talent disparities of these two teams, I think. It's not surprising, but I will also say that prior to last week, not to pat myself on the back or anything, I did say that the Cowboys have been putting up mad points, and the thing with them in specific is they can blow up against anybody, and they can also suck against anybody. And the ceiling for them, I genuinely believe, is making it to the Super Bowl. Like They have that kind of offensive firepower to do it, and their defense is not bad by any stretch of imagination, especially led by Michael Parsons, who is just an absolute monster on that field. And and really, in, in the playoffs, that's what you need. You need a pass rush, and you need an offense that can put up points. And they have both, uh, and they have a balanced offense. Thing is, you just never know what you're going to get from them. And if this game was close, missing four extra points in the playoffs is actually amazing. And Ev being, I don't know if maybe he just didn't want to rub salt in our wounds, so he didn't bring this up. But we decided to bet the over on that game. And it is absolutely comical. This has got to be one of the worst bad beats we've ever seen. But the over was 45 and a half. And Brett Maher missed four field goals and the Buccaneers decided to go for two at a time when they could have kicked an extra point. And any of those five extra points would have given us the over. And all five of those things didn't work out, and it finished at 45. It's actually comical. Uh, I still don't understand how that's possible. However, <laughs> I mean, it's amazing, bro. They're, they got to be so count themselves so lucky that this game wasn't close. Yeah, I feel like more people weren't, or not enough people were talking about how bad of a beat that was. Like, usually when there's a bad beat, like, everyone's all over it. But, like, I didn't hear much on this one, and I was like, this is ridiculous. I need to, I'm sure Scott Van Pelt had it last night. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't stay up late enough to uh, to watch that, but I'll definitely have to find it tonight because that is that's an all timer. There was definitely someone out there who had like a parlay where he was like, you know, one extra point away from winning like a million dollars, and and Maher missed four extra points. I guarantee you that happened somewhere out there. That was that was absurd, bro. Yeah, it is. And maybe it's because it's anticlimactic. Like it didn't happen all at the end of the game, but like when you look back on all the missed opportunities for that one extra point, I mean. I don't know, man. I'm glad he made the last one though, because he had a tremendous year. So, like, yeah, that and that's the guy. thing. Like, everyone's talking about like how he's like, you know, gonna be done with them. I don't think so. He's he's made a lot of great field goals. I think the nerves got to him, but I bet you he'll come back next week and make a big <laughs> field goal here and there. But that was still wild. Like, you talk about the yips, man. That's crazy. That guy was going through it, man. <laughs> Dax reaction, throwing the helmet, Michael Gallup side eyeing him over on the bench. Also, Dude, that was so funny. I also want to give you credit where credit is due because you made a point about the NFC East last week. And currently, in the second round of the playoffs, we have three out of four NFC East teams in the second round of playoffs. That's crazy. My other pat myself on the back is going to be Tony Pollard this year. That dude is electric. He is in, so in, good. Everyone's defense. I think everybody realized Tony Pollard was going to be a great player this year. I think. I think the difference what? is, dude. You were you were hating on me for that take preseason, whoa, 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 bro. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Yes, whoa. yes. I want to rewind the tape. Pull the clip. Gonna, pull the clip. We'll pull the clip. But all I'll say is, I won't dispute that you were higher on Tony Pollard than me. But I made it very clear that I think both Pollard and Zeke should be involved because I think even though Pollard is a younger, more dynamic player, I think Zeke also brings something to the table, and the combination of the two would create a great rushing offense for them, and I was not incorrect because Zeke also had a great season. And that's something where if you want to talk about not patting you on the back, you completely came out and disrespected Zeke coming into this year. You said anyone that drafts think- Zeke in fantasy, you said anyone that relies on Zeke in real life, they're crazy, he's washed, and I think Zeke had a great season too. But obviously Pollard is the better player at this stage. It's not I'll, even close, yeah. Credit where credit's due. Yeah. Pollard is downright electric. Austin mm-hmm. Eckler, um, 
at, at a younger point of his career. One of my better takes of the year. Zach, roll the footage. Roll the footage. We'll break a tie. We'll break a tie. Austin Eckler level. Bro. Roll the footage. How amazing Austin Eckler is, but that's all I got to say. I, at that point of his career, I'm saying. I'm not saying he's no, ever going because fair. Austin Eckler fair. right now is um, an absolute uh, absolute savage. All but any, anything, yeah. anything else on recaps before we jump into uh, next week, I guess? Nah, man. Great great weekend of football as always. Great start to the Brilliant. Lose. All right. Let's have some fun. Let's make some picks. Let's talk about these games in a little more detail than usual. Um, first one, we got two on Saturday, two on Sunday. It looks like um, Jaguars at Chiefs. Kansas City's an eight and a half point home favorite. Um, what do you, I guess, uh, what do you got? And we, we maybe talk about I don't want to be rude to the, to the Jaguars. You already know what I'm going to do, though. Like, they played a great game, had a huge comeback. Um, however, the fact that Lawrence threw four turnovers and they had to do that to come back and win that game, I feel very confident in picking the Chiefs to cover that game, um, especially with how great the Chiefs have been all season. Um, and I think especially if I remember correctly, they played earlier this year and that game was closer than, than I think the chiefs would have liked for a little while there. So I think this one, this one is going to be, uh, even more of a lopsided game for the chiefs. I believe it. Yeah. I believe it was 27, 17 when it ended, but I do think it was fairly close for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I have the chiefs covering this as well. Um, Oh, I'm ready for Holden's chirps once again, but, uh, yep. I think the, <laughs> no disrespect to the Jaguars. Cause I, I, Ultimately, you know, think they are just as good, if not maybe even better than the Chargers in terms of their uh, the Chargers constantly blowing games. But um, I do think this is a benefit for the Chiefs in that it's not a divisional matchup for the third time mm-hmm. this year, like I mentioned earlier. So um, I don't think they have any problems. Like I think the Jaguars will play well. I don't think it's going to be like some kind of blowout, but I could see a similar kind of 10-point yeah. game. And even if it is, even if it is like a 20-point game, the Jaguars – this season is an absolute success for them and their future is bright. So this isn't a knock against Jaguars as much as it is that I picked the chiefs in the Super Bowl all year. So I, I, I'm not going to stray from them playing, you know, playing lights out for sure. I guess if nothing else on that one, uh, giants at Eagles is our Saturday night game. Uh, Phillies they're only, so it's a seven and a half point spread at home. I thought it was going to be a little higher to be honest with you. Um, closer to 10, um, I'll start us off here. Um, I have the Eagles in my Super Bowl, so I think my take, I don't want to jump ahead games, but uh, one of the next two games I think is going to be an upset. Um, I, I don't know which one it's going to be, though. I think this could be one, just with how well the Giants are playing. Jalen Hurts is fighting through a sprint throwing shoulder. Like That can't be good. It seems like he's fairly healthy at the moment, but they could be rusty. I also think when you think about preparation, I don't know how much these teams prepare for a specific team, but um, you know certainly I don't think the Eagles were expecting to play the Giants, and maybe we're a little more focused on probably Dallas to say uh, one team, but even Tampa Bay. Um, and again, that third divisional game, I don't care that the Eagles beat the Giants by 50 or whatever that one time in, uh, at MetLife, but uh, I think this is going to be a really good game. I think the Eagles could lose. Um, I have the Eagles in the Super Bowl, so thus I feel like it wouldn't really make sense for me to pick against them to lose. So I'm going to say Giants uh, do cover, but but end up losing in a close one late. Ring my bell for upset of the week, maybe upset of the year. I'm going it. Giants, money line, beat the Eagles, third time around. It's not because I don't trust the Eagles. It's not because I don't have love for them. It's because I just genuinely believe the Giants have the potential to do it. Their defense is playing great. Saquon Barkley's playing great. It's the best we've seen Daniel Jones play all year, and they're finding random guys to throw the ball to. I think they're going to figure out a way to do this, and I think the Giants are going to make some noise again in the second round. 
that's my upset of the week. I love it, Cy. There's always one, and I'm I'm being a bit of a coward this year and not picking one, but uh, I, I'm picking two half ones and not actually but picking one. But yeah, I think it's gonna be a good game. And I mean, again, it's the story of last week, the third divisional game. The Eagles, actually, now that I think about it, week 18 when they just played, the Eagles played all of their starters against the Giants' backups, mm-hmm. and it was a six-point game. I'm telling you, bro, so, the Giants in a divisional game the third time around against the Eagles, who have, as great as they've been all year, they've been very susceptible against teams with a similar mold to the Giants, i.e. your commanders, even my Colts where they barely won that game. They're just, there's something about this matchup that makes me feel like if this was the Cowboys, I think the Cowboys had a shot too, divisional game. But I just think something about the Giants and the way they're playing right now makes me really, coming into this episode, that was the one that was on my mind. So, yep. Fascinating. I love it, side Bold pick. I feel like you just had penciled in uh, Eagles for a divisional round loss because last week in our bracket uh, bracket show, you picked, uh, picked them to lose this round uh, as well. well I, thought it was the gonna be the I just thought they'd get a bad matchup out of the way because I thought they'd get right. a divisional game. Yeah. Right, right, right. Anyways, uh, very interesting choices there. But uh, Sunday, 3 p.m., I think this is a potentially going to be the game of the year. Um, Bengals at Bills in Orchard. So I'll say what I said a couple of weeks ago. Um, obviously, this is the uh, you know the game that we expected two weeks ago um, when Demar went down. Glad he's doing uh, he's doing well out of the hospital. Happy to hear that, man. Um, I think this could be game of the year. I'm still shocked, and maybe they're just doing this out of respect for Demar and not trying to raise a fuss about like football in that situation, even though he's fine now. But like, why are they not freaking out about this being in Orchard Park? Because they were freaking out about the coin toss against Baltimore and how that was going to potentially decide the venue for last week's game. But whoever won that game that didn't happen would have gotten this to be a home game unless the Bills had won and then won the one seed and then it would have changed things up completely. But like, shouldn't this at least be a neutral site? I don't know. I think that's a huge, huge favorite of the Bills um, because I, I think the Bengals are probably the better team right now. I don't know. What do you think? So who are you picking then? I mean, I picked the Bills to win the Super Bowl. So, like, I I it's it would, I feel like I can't, like, pick against my bracket when it's still holding so strong. And I think, like, Orchard Park, especially with the weather, I checked it the other mm-hmm. day, obviously a week out, you know, it could be some of that, the, some of that Buffalo weather, like, fringe. It won't be that cold. It'll be, like, fringe, maybe sleet snow, potentially during the game. Big offensive line injuries after last week as well for Cincinnati that's going to be a huge factor so I'm going to say the Bengals do cover but I'm going to say the Bills find a way to win which goes against my intuition a little bit because I feel like of these two teams which one do I trust to make the big play as opposed to like I said earlier make the catastrophic play right now it's the Bengals I mean they did it all last year in their playoff run so it's a little counterintuitive I'm going to say the Bills win but don't cover you know, I will say, I keep saying it, like it would be storybook to see the Bills win the Super Bowl this year and, and make that run, and, and I really do want them to. But last week I picked the Bengals, and there's a reason, an absolute reason why they're not complaining. And the reason they're not complaining is because they got a guy named Joe Burrow playing quarterback, and all that guy does is win. He doesn't care where it is. I mean, obviously he'd prefer to have it at home, but what did the guy do last year? He won on the road every single week up until the Super Bowl and then almost took down one of the most loaded rosters in the Rams we've ever seen. 
Burrow has got that dog in him. I am not at all worried about him. This is one of the clutchest, most, you know, most lethal players we've ever seen in both college football and in the NFL in his early career right off the bat. And I, that's why I don't think you're hearing much of noise. I think Stacy and and Burrow are saying, along with all their weapons out there, are saying, you know, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, we're going to go win this game. And I believe they will. I believe they will. I think they, especially after the close game last week, I think they're going to come out and win. This was my pick last week, and I'm going to stick with that pick because all I all I feel is more confident that they're going to be more motivated to do it. Um, I mean, I hope the Bills win. I, I Either way, I'm happy because, like you said, I think this is going to be an incredible game, and I think either of these teams are an easy team to root for. They have players that are super likable in their own stories uh, coming off coming off both the DeMar situation as well as the uh, – which, I mean, you can't compare anything to that. So happy he's, he's doing better. But then also the Bengals coming back from losing uh, the Super Bowl last year being motivated. This is this is going to be so fun to watch, though. I'm keyed up. If there was ever an arbitrary, like, random not Commanders NFL game that I would want to go to, I feel like it would be the one. I would love to yeah. rent a car and drive the eight hours to Buffalo for this game. It would, it would have um, to be this one, or it would have to be if we saw Buffalo Chiefs next round. Because yeah. just after last year, the, the fireworks, like, yeah, the AFC is just fun right now, bro. It's just fun. And I think, and they were saying it on the Monday Night Football broadcast before this regular season game was about to happen. We haven't seen these two teams play really, like since like you know Burrow took over and the Bengals got hot. So it's like we've mm-hmm. seen the Chiefs and Bills so much that I think it's just like the fact that we haven't seen it. Um, man, I think it's gonna be awesome. But yeah, I, I like your picks this week. I like your picks this week. So my, this is this is such a lame prediction because it's like you know don't have the stones to actually pick one of these upsets. But uh, so my prediction is that one of the Eagles or Bills lose, which I know isn't isn't some kind of <laughs> impressive take, but you picked them both. I love it. I love it. But uh, yeah, no, I'm looking forward to that one. The uh, Sunday night game, uh, or I guess evening game, 6.30. Cowboys, a historic rivalry here. Cowboys at the Niners. Another surprising spread to me. San Francisco is only a three and a half point favorite. Um, with Cowboys coming off that impressive performance against the Bucks. San Francisco has an extra... Two days to prepare? Sneaky. Um, although they're probably surprised by the team they're playing as well. So I'll let you start us off here uh, on who you got this one. Well, I said last week in my playoff predictions that the 49ers with Mr. Irrelevant is going to be the one to take down Mahomes in the Super Bowl and win it all. And nothing about last week is making me want to change that take. The Cowboys are amazing. I'm not going to be surprised if they win the game. I mean, obviously Dak's playing out of his mind, and in the playoffs the quarterback can very much make the difference. However, that defense on the 49ers is insane. Debo Samuel is insane. Christian McCaffrey is insane. George Kittle is insane. Ayuk is their number four weapon on their offense. Like, And then Purdy is playing like a legit, like all pro, or at least all pro is a bold statement, but at least a Pro Bowl caliber quarterback right now. And I'm not just saying that. He's not just managing. He's making plays. And I'm not saying he'll do that forever, but while he's hot like this, there's no way I can pick against the 49ers. So 100% going 49ers. I've already picked my two upsets for the week. This one I'm going with the, the team I expect to win it all. So uh, shout out to the 49ers this week. Yeah, maybe my bold take is that the Niners actually murder them by, okay. you know, I might even tease that up to like a minus nine and a half spread. I think they could beat them over 10, maybe even closer to 20. Um, my favorite stat of the uh, the week that I learned that I didn't know about, which I'm surprised by, is the Cowboys' record on grass. Did you hear this on the, on the broadcast? That they're like when they play on turf, which obviously their home field is turf. So like McCarthy like caught this a nothing burger. I don't blame him, but like they're like 11 and one on turf, and then like one in three or four or whatever on grass. Just because the apparently the grass slows down the pass rush a little bit. Didn't last night, but. 
Um, yeah, so I, I just think this is um, they're going to lay a, lay an egg. I think they're going to make it some mistakes. I think they're going to get killed. I, I think the Niners will cover. I I personally would not want to tease that spread because I just feel like I just feel like this is going to be closer. But you know, I don't have as much bias in this game, so I'm gonna I'm gonna say Niners to cover, but but not anything crazy or anything like that. That's my personal opinion. And again, I, I would not surprise me if the Cowboys won, but I'm not picking against the Niners. I think the Niners are on a great trajectory right now. I want to say real quick, if we're if we're shifting gears real quick, I want to give a huge shout out to Mr. LeBron James at the moment. Um, he just had his third at the age of 38, his third game of 45 and five at, at least. Yesterday, obviously, it was against the Rockets, which is one of the worst teams in the league. But yesterday, LeBron James had 48 points. Sorry, 49 points. I think it was nine rebounds and eight assists or something. First of all, I don't know how you get eight assists on that terrible team. Like, I don't know who is scoring the ball when you pass it to him. I don't understand that. However, one thing I don't want to fly under the radar this year for the NBA season is thus far, even though the Lakers are the 11th seed, LeBron should be in the MVP conversation because the guy currently is averaging 29, like eight and nine at the age of 38 years old. And the thing is, even though they're the 11th seed and they haven't won as many games, if you look at the teams plus minus, when LeBron James has been on the court with Anthony Davis out, the Lakers are plus 90 over the last however many games that Davis has been out. So it's been a huge sample size, at least 15 games. They're plus 90. So on average, they're averaging about nine points per game above the other team when LeBron's on the team. And most people couldn't even tell you who's playing next to LeBron. That's how dominant he's playing at the age of 38. The problem is when he's off the floor and the bench comes in, they're minus 110 in those games. So there's your differentiator. I just want to give a really big shout-out to LeBron James, who is just doing things that no human being should be able to do at the age of 38 in a league full of the greatest athletes in the world, or at least some of them. And uh, I think he deserves a little tip of the cap. So shout-out to LeBron. It's my goat right there. I don't know, man. I don't think you're going to be in the MVP conversation as an 11 seed, as good as he's been. I, I mean, I'm obviously – I obviously realize he's not going to win, but I'm just pointing out like how incredible he has been, and I think it gets swept under the rug given the uh, given the Lakers' lack of success. But it's definitely not because of him. So that's all. I, that's all I wanted to say. All right. Yeah. Thanks for watching. As always, check us out on YouTube, Spotify, Instagram. You can now see our shorter clips on YouTube Shorts if that interests you. Um, an exciting new feature. All right. Thanks again, everyone. That was Mondays Down South.